Here we are locked on NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find the show on all of your favorite podcast apps, just like any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, college sports. You can also find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. And to cover Sunday Night Football, I will be chatting with the host here on the network of the winning team from Sunday Night Football with the Rams at Seahawks, or the Seahawks at Rams. That will be at the end of the show, segment number three. But right now, Matt, we've got to run through all of these Sunday games. And I think it starts with just an insane one. The only time there's ever been an NFL game that ended in the score 48-46, the 49ers improved to 11-2, beating the Saints, who are now 10-3. and Yeah, great game. Um, congrats to your team. I mean, they really showed that they are a great football team. I could absolutely see these teams playing again. This highlighted what was a very good Sunday of play. I thought there was a lot of entertaining games even some that didn't have, you know, huge playoff implications like Jets, Dolphins, and Colts, Bucks. So a lot of back and forth in this one. Kind of got that feeling um, last guy to have the ball more or less was in the is going to win it. You know, if they played another 15 minutes, it could have been or another drive. It could have been a little longer. Who, I mean, it could have went the other way. Big kick by gold. Um, not a lot of defense, but I, I think one thing to note coming into this was the Niners had really played a tough slate, almost a playoff-type slate, and they were able to really match that intensity again. Right, yeah, they were able to get up again. I was worried the 49ers might fall a little bit flat somewhere toward the end of the season because they did have the early week four bye as well, but this one was just a slugfest, and as good as Drew Brees and Jimmy Garoppolo played, Emmanuel Sanders came out with the perfect passer rating because he got to throw a pass. He <laughs> threw a touchdown pass, a 35-yarder to Raheem Mostert. And I think that's the overall thing I came away with in this one. And we talked a little bit about it previewing these games was Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan, maybe two of the front runners for Coach of the Year. And I thought maybe the winner of this game would be the guy who would get that nod. And they both emptied their playbooks. I mean, this was a fun one from scheme and how they use their pieces on offense and Taysom Hill on the other side, Emmanuel Sanders throwing a touchdown pass, um, George Kittle in the end making the biggest play. And uh, I think you're right. The last team that got the ball was going to win and the Saints scored too fast. They gave the 49ers 53 seconds and they were able to run down and kick that game winning field goal. Five touchdowns from Drew Brees, four touchdowns from Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought they might hit the the over, but each team hit the over by themselves in this game. Just a, Just a wild one. Absolutely a wild one. And did you get the feeling that if they played 100 times, it would be 50-50 more or less? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I yeah, and, and I think it's a big thing for the 49ers to not have to go back and play in the Superdome again because it's not the easiest place to go play on the road. Niners fans showed up in this one. and um, well, they, Why are you so sure they weren't playing the Superdome again? Well, I mean, <laughs> they still could. <laughs> they still could. And the 49ers doing their best now to win on the road in New Orleans, potentially winning on the road in Seattle in Week 17 to make sure they are at home the rest of the way and maybe get that first round by. But, uh, and uh, it, the Rams could help the 49ers out in that regard later tonight. But, man, uh, what a game. I think that was game of the year, just the, the back and forth. And I thought it was going to be – Maybe a little bit of the of hitting the over that we had talked about in the picks, but I mean, forty eight, forty six. There was not a lot of defense right. in that game, and I think that just goes to show you how well the play callers were doing. And uh, both teams 
really hitting on offense. And I think the 49ers, they might not have won this game in September because their starting wide receivers were two different guys. Debo Samuel's development as a rookie, they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's getting better as the season goes along. And I mean, 350 yards and averaging 10 per drop back. Probably his best game as a 49er, and he had a really good one a couple weeks ago against the Packers, and he's just getting better under Kyle Shanahan. And in November, they didn't have, against the Seahawks, they didn't have George Kittle. So I don't know if they've won this game that week either. So I think the 49ers are hitting their stride, actually, at the right time with all their weapons and things developing on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, that's a good point. And in a way, you mentioned the play calling and two of the absolute best in the business, you know, tier one guys that doesn't have a many pe- many people on that tier, kind of had that feel like Chiefs Rams last year. That you know that was just like yes. 190 or whatever. You know, what I mean, that <laughs> was just back and forth. And yes, defense matters, but masterful play calling trumps great defense. And we can't spend too much time on that one. There are some other really good games to get to, and I think the the next on the list would be the one that just ended. That was the Kansas City Chiefs that beat the New England Patriots in New England 23-16. And, and at some points of this game, it didn't even look that close. I thought it was going to be a Chiefs blowout. I did too. I mean, they jumped up on them early. I thought this was going to be one of those games where everyone's talking about, is Belichick done? Is Brady done? You know, and let's talk about Mahomes for MVP and they won. They were the better team. I thought they would, but don't forget about the Patriots, man. I mean, they came back and kept chipping away. It was an uphill climb for them all day, but it was pretty darn close to taking it to overtime. Yeah, they 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 get everything. They had the blocked punt the Patriots did. They always do something on special teams, it seems like. I think the most common thread I saw following Twitter while I was watching this game was, People are talking about how washed Tom Brady looked and only 4.7 yards per pass, 169 yards on 36 dropbacks. And uh, he might be nearing the end. I mean, you can kind of see it with Tom Brady, but he's good enough still to uh, keep this team in it and, and still win games. I think I heard Aaron Schatz, who happens to be a Patriots fan and is pretty dialed in with those guys. But of course, he's a football outsiders dude. Just describing Brady because... History has shown that a lot of these guys fall off a cliff. You know, the greats, when they hit the end, it's ugly, Peyton Manning-esque. And I think he described Manning as clearly declining but fading away. You know, I mean, he's still – and he's getting less help than ever, and he's able to overcome less help more with with, with more difficulty than ever, too. We – do need to continue getting into this games because we have to spend some time at the end talking about Sunday night football, which is also a big one. So let's start running through the rest of these here. Uh, we've got the Panthers that were on the road, the Falcons, the Falcons putting up 40 on the Panthers. So they did not get a bump from an interim head coach that potentially, you know, sometimes you see with teams maybe rally at the end of a season. Uh, didn't happen this week with uh, Atlanta at home, really pounding the Panthers 40, 20. Yeah. And again, we're going to make these pretty quick, but Panthers look like they're in a bad place, going to be major changes. I think that's the the right move. We'll talk about that much more in the offseason. And the Falcons have done this, what, four or five times this year, maybe three or four, where they're just, wow, I remember that team, you know, just steamrolling people. They still have that firepower, and we haven't seen it every week. We haven't seen it a lot of weeks, but it's still there, and they can show flashes of that, which, which I guess is a good sign for that team they can show you, I mean, they're still only 4-9 and nine on the year, but they beat the Saints on the road. Um, 
they've come up with some big wins. They have some firepower on offense. Can they figure it out? Can they can they tape this thing up in the offseason and keep it rolling? It's a big question for the Falcons going forward. Yeah, and we'll talk about that kind of stuff going forward. Let's just focus on these games. A great day by Matt Ryan and company. Absolutely. Uh, coming up, yeah, we've got a lot more to get to. We'll hit them quick, including Ravens Bills next. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcasts for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at BD Peacock or at Williamson NFL on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. Keep those coming. It's been really cool to see how many minutes blown away by how much people listen to the show. So much appreciated. Definitely enjoy seeing those Spotify Wrapped. Guys, do you remember when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And they're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the cheaper, better, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. The Ravens rolled into Buffalo, and it wasn't a cakewalk, but they did beat the Bills 24-17. Ravens now join the 49ers at 11-2. The Bills are still at 9-4 and are at the driver's seat for that top wild card spot and still only one game behind the Patriots in the AFC East. A, a business-like win in a tough environment. Um, I thought Josh Allen came back to earth a little bit but didn't get a ton of help. Singletary was impressive. The one note I wrote from this one is as I write up a little blurb of all the North teams, NFC and AFC for Yard Barker, Barker on as soon as their games end. And yes, there was a very bunch of positive, but sometimes I just focus on one thing. Mark Andrews went out early and Hayden Hurst stepped in and did some good things, but it really showed to me the receivers here are just so unproven. You know, like Lamar made a lot out of a little but his receivers aren't helping him. And if this train gets derailed somewhere along in the, the postseason, I bet that's the culprit why. I could definitely see that. That's a great point. And this team is really rolling right now, but they're not a perfect team in there. I don't think there is one in the NFL. So that's why uh, all of these teams are, are, are all of these games going forward are going to be highly contested. And when it gets into the playoffs, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun with these teams in because you can see you can see why all of these teams would win a game against each other, and you can see why any of these teams could lose a game against each other, as good as some of these teams are that are, you know, 10, or 10 11 wins right now in the NFL. Yeah, like Kansas City would worry me if I'm the Ravens because they are mm-hmm. a good coverage team all of a sudden, and you know they're going to score. Right, yes, absolutely. Party. And we talked about Kyle Shanahan, and we talked about Sean Payton, and Andy Reid's right up there with those guys, too. So uh, he can draw it up. You don't want on defense to play the, the Chiefs really ever. No doubt, no doubt. 
The Cincinnati Bengals rolled into Cleveland and lost, but uh, the Browns maybe even overshadowed in their win, 27-19 over the Bengals with a whole bunch of Odell Beckham stuff in the off-field uh, off and trying to maybe get out of Cleveland, and then Baker Mayfield kind of sticks his foot in his mouth a little bit after the game like he tends to do. Didn't say anything bad or anything, but it's like, okay, he sticks up for OBJ, and now that means he's crushing his own training staff. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't see all that drama yet. That's We can talk about that later in the week, too, but I did hear going into the game, OBJ saying, telling everyone he wants to get traded, and then he doesn't go in the huddle or something and kind of pouts on the sidelines and kind of Antonio Brownish from what I saw. But just on the field, let's start with the Bengals. Clearly, they're better with Andy Dalton. And I thought this was a positive, and they're still in the driver's seat for Joe Burrow or whoever they want. Um, but Joe Mixon was a stud. And don't forget how talented he is. Yeah, I, He's a top-five type running back. And when you give him a little bit of daylight, he was a dominant player today. And to stick with the running back theme, the Browns, didn't use a lot of their running game in the first half. And uh, to their credit, they went in the locker room and must have decided, hey, we just got to feed Chubb and Hunt against what's basically the worst run defense in the league. And I don't think they will, but hopefully they've got the message that that's really how their offense has to operate. Yeah, neither quarterback was able to throw a touchdown pass. One pick for Dalton, two picks for Baker Mayfield, even though neither one of them played terrible. It was sort of a weird game game script wise but I think you nailed it with Joe Mixon 146 yards on the ground there was a long one for Nick Chubb he went over 100 yards on only 15 carries and uh, that's really the identity with these teams right now and it's that cold weather I mean obviously neither one of these teams is going to the playoffs but um, the Bengals at 1 and 12 the Browns at 6 and 7 now they have some at least the Browns have their kind of identity they're not going to be that team that's led by Baker Mayfield all day like you kind of thought in the offseason like they got to play some defense they've got to uh run the ball and then that's when they're I think at their best and then Baker Mayfield making plays off that and Andy Dalton at least has a chance down the stretch to show some maybe some other teams that uh maybe he deserves a job and a chance to start somewhere else yeah or he holds down the fort until the new guy's Mm -hmm. ready or right I mean I don't think they'll take Chase Young but maybe you take Chase Young and with that first pick in the second round, or you trade up back in late in the first, or, you know, I mean, it's not a slam dunk. It's not over yet. And we can talk a lot about that stuff. Of course, we will talk a lot of draft. And I've, met, I've been surprised how many Bengals fans out there are on the Chase Young bandwagon. I guess the Ohio really? connection there and not really already buying those Burrow number nine jerseys, which is where I thought their heads would be. Yeah. And I, I again, we'll talk a lot more draft, but Burrow's really impressive, but I'm not sure that he's. Andrew Luck coming out, you know, that any year he'd be the first pick overall. And he did have a really nice Saturday and uh, got his team into the the final four there in the tournament for the NCAA football championship and a really good showing a couple of really amazing plays. Uh, I I think it's going to be a slam dunk that he's the number one overall pick. But more on that later. Let's go to Green Bay where the Packers beat the Redskins 2015. Another one where it's a business-like win. You did what you're supposed to do. And both of us, I think, took the Redskins and the points. It was a big number. And I know, kind of like my Ravens conversation. Yep, you won. Great. That's that's the most important thing. But you know the Redskins have trouble, you know, passing the football. And the Packers' run defense wasn't great. Geis gets hurt yet again. 
you would hope that those things are that's an easy offense to play against is all I'm saying. And you let them hang around, you let them keep handing it off. And my thoughts on that just are, that's not going to work against Minnesota and New Orleans and San Francisco. You know what I mean? That that was fine against the Redskins, but you're at home and you're kind of searching for, you know, guys to give the ball to besides Adam and Adams and Jones. And the defense isn't shutting down the run as well as it should to be a real contender. And I think we've seen, with some of the teams recently, uh, the pecking order in the NFC, and I know the Packers still lead the NFC North, and they're going to get in. And, and I think, I, I think I'm pretty confident in saying that the Packers would definitely file in behind the 49ers, behind the Saints, behind the Seahawks in the NFC playoff picture for me. Mm-hmm. Behind the Vikes for me too. Oh, really? Okay. Well, and that was yeah. there's a lot to be decided there as well. Yeah, and there was a couple stretches where. Green Bay just wasn't really moving the football very well either. I mean, I, I just feel like something's missing a little bit with this team. And we'll see that in two weeks. Packers at Vikings week 16. Should be a fun one. Uh, Aaron Jones, by the way, though, uh, he, he's been yeah, a monster he's in the pass and run game this season. And he's had a few games where he's just over 200 yards combined. And uh, uh, it's not consistent because the offense, for some reason, in Green Bay, it seems to go... In a bunch of in a number of different ways, week to week. But Aaron Jones, man, um, they seem to be at their best when he's doing a lot in both the run and pass game. Yeah, you're 100 right. He's very talented. Um, another guy that I really, really like. But there's been a couple coaching staffs now that have gotten away from him at mm-hmm. times. You know, is there is there something missing behind the scenes we don't know in terms of blitz pickup or something weird like that? But you're right. Whenever he's clicking and they can keep feeding it to him, that's when they're at their best. Uh, speaking of those Vikings, another business-like trip for them, beating the Lions at home 2017. Yeah. Um, Blau struggled. He was under a lot of pressure, but he also invited a lot of that by holding the football and perceived some pressure that wasn't there. It, from what I saw of the offense, it did enough and was never really threatened by the Vikes. I mean, the Lions didn't score until the fourth quarter. I mean, this was 17 nothing at the half. So, again, took care of business. And, you know, I said that about the Ravens. I said that about the Packers. And I went on to say a bunch of negative things about those two teams. I'm not going to say that really about the about the Vikes. <laughs> efficient <laughs> on that, uh, that Vikings offense. Very efficient. I think Kirk Cousins yeah. had like 12 different receivers on offense and uh, 24 of 30 passing. So, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely just an efficient one better team beat the team that is not as good. Yeah, exactly. And Dalvin Cook played and Thielen didn't. And maybe they'll get Thielen back for the stretch run here and you know, be a pretty good team. I think it was a big win for the Dolphins, who actually lost on a last-second field goal in New York to the Jets, 22-21, keeping themselves up at the top of the NFL draft. These two teams played really hard. I mean, this was the Michelob Ultra version of Niners Saints. You know, this was just a fun <laughs> game, and not nearly as much talent out there. Fitzpatrick's fun to watch, and I think Darnold's going to be a really good player, and it was just a competitive football game against teams that have a lot of work to do, but there you like to see the progress don't want to spend a lot of time on some of these games because we are short on time here let's move on to the indianapolis colts who lost in tampa to the buccaneers 38 35 the colts now dropping to around the 10th seed in the afc are gonna have a tough time trying to fight their way back into the playoff picture down at least two games for the sixth seed yeah i think that might be a wrap for the colts i mean i think they had to have this one 
Very, uh, it kind of feels like these are what all Bucks games are like. You know, I mean, it's just a Winston Arians type of game. Tons of points, turnovers, big plays, down to the wire. Um, pretty exciting, but sometimes frustrating. It just seems like with no matter who Tampa <laughs> plays, it kind of goes this way. Mike Evans, I noticed this because he was on my fantasy team, catches a 65-yard touchdown and gets hurt on the play and doesn't come back. Um, but, you know, they're going to shut him down for the year. So a lot of these injuries to teams that aren't going anywhere are something for us to monitor, too, for the rest of the, the season. The Winston roller coaster is so great because it's always oh, like, man. hey, the good Winston showed up today, four touchdown passes, and then 10 minutes later, oh, never mind, three interceptions now. <laughs> right. I mean, it is such a roller coaster. And I defend him more than I probably should. He would make me crazy if I was his coach or if that was my favorite team. But, I mean, you could do worse, too. He does the same thing every week. The Los Angeles Chargers went into Jacksonville and blew out the Jaguars 45-10. to Yeah, I think the Jags are in a real bad place. I think there'll be a new coach there. Um, the Chargers' weapons were on full display. Eckler, Allen, Williams, you know, Gordon, Rivers is starting to play a little better, but this Jags team isn't good. I mean, if we were to do a power ranks, they would be very low for me. Keenan Allen helping me out in my fantasy playoffs. Nice. Uh, we had Austin Eckler, though, that went off for 213 combined yards through the air and on the ground. Yeah, he's a great player. He's I mean, awesome. does everything well, really shows up week to week. Um, they have they have skill position guys more than they can handle. They're they're loaded. The Titans did a number on the Raiders in Oakland, forty two twenty one. The thing I took away from this game at the very end, and by the way, AJ Brown went off one hundred and fifty three really yards, had the yep. the Tannehill ninety uh, ninety something yard. I don't remember exactly what the number was. Long touchdown reception. The Tannehill Titans are a legitimately good football team. It's crazy to see how good Tannehill is playing right now in Tennessee. But Derek Carr, this is the second time he's done this that I can remember. Fourth down and goal throws the ball away. Like there's no more, there's no fifth yeah. down there. What are you doing? Uh, it's just what weird. Are you but doing? It, and it's not like they were going to win the game anyway, but 42-21 Titans. Yeah, I think Tennessee's really good. I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I forget what I called him. Not a sleeping giant, but a sleeping big person. You know, like I think they're, <laughs> yes. the Tannehill is a legit guy. I think AJ Brown's going to be a star. Uh, Henry already is, and the Raiders, to me, are who they thought they were. This was a closer game than forty-two to twenty-one. I mean, it was tight for the majority of it, and then the better team just kind of broke things open. But I mean, the Raiders still have a lot of work to do, especially on defense. The undrafted Duck Hodges now has the same amount of wins as the number one overall pick in the draft, Kyler Murray, as the Steelers went to Arizona, beat the Cardinals 23-17. Yeah, I obviously watched a ton of this one, and I'll probably watch it again at some point uh, very soon. Hodges made some throws. You know, it didn't end up with big numbers. Um, kind of spread the... <laughs> <laughs> Spread the ball around a fair amount. Deontay Johnson was really the star of this one with a great punt return, and he's a guy I'm really high on, good route runner. Steeler defense had some issues dealing with the speed in which the Cardinals played with and chasing Kyler Murray around. There was some fatigue there for sure, but they made a lot of big plays as they always do, and it's just a really opportunistic defense. The Cardinals didn't play horrible. Um, they have a lot of work to do, though. I mean, their offensive line doesn't do much. Love Deontay Johnson. He's yeah. uh, He's got routes that rookies don't usually have. 
playmaker with the ball in his hand, 60 yards through the air on six catches in the touchdown there. Uh, a big player showing up for the Steelers here in Duck Dodges, or Duck Hodges, only three incompletions in that game. He only threw it 19 times, but completed 16 of those. So efficient. Yeah, and spread it around in the running game. And right, I mean, he, Tomlin always says after these games, he didn't kill us. And he's bringing more to the table than that. He's throwing up some 50-50 balls that his guys are coming down with, Washington, Johnson. He's okay. You know, he's playing better. He's getting better. Before we pause and talk to one of the hosts from Sunday Night Football, either the Rams or the Seahawks, I want to end this with Drew Locke. Three touchdown passes. Uh, It was the best, I think, fantasy passing. I want to get this right. What was it? It was the best fantasy passing day for a quarterback. No, the highest rate. I don't know. Okay. Basically, I I screwed up the stat. I didn't I didn't keep it. I I wanted to remember it, but um, basically, Drew Locke played a really good football game. Three hundred yards passing, three touchdowns, and the Broncos went into Houston, beat the Texans thirty eight twenty four. Probably the biggest shocker of the day. Absolutely. I mean, they blew him out from the start. Give Houston some credit, especially Deshaun Watson. He went down swinging at least. I mean, he made a couple big plays, but it was I mean over at halftime. I mean, this was prop. This definitely was the most shocking game of the day. I mean, I think that goes without saying. I'm open to the idea that Locke could be the guy. I mean, I wouldn't need to see him more than two games, but right. he's passing those tests. And Noah Fant got free a few times. Their skill guys aren't so bad, and it's a young group there too. Uh, I didn't see this coming. I'll, I'll have to examine more, but it sure felt like a letdown game, you know, that you just beat the Patriots and you took this team lightly. And I usually don't use those phrases, but to get beat so bad early in the game is shocking. Right. No, I totally agree there. And it, I never, I didn't know what to think of Drew Locke because it didn't seem like the Broncos thought much of Drew Locke. And here it is. I found the stat. Uh, he recorded total QBR. This is according to ESPN, 98.7 QBR, the highest QBR in a game this season by a quarterback not named Lamar Jackson. Wow. Wow, that is surprising. I, I thought the stat you were going to be something like uh, best game by a rookie this year yeah, or something. That's, Not- that's what I thought the stat was going to end like, and it ended a lot better for Drew Locke than I even expected. By the way, here's another good nugget that I, that I have here that uh, I forgot to mention. We talked about the game speed from NFL next-gen stats. Tom Brady yeah. on a 17-yard scramble, 16.06 miles per hour. Fastest that's moving, since man. 2016. <laughs> yeah, about uh, 10 miles per hour short of uh, Tyreek Hill, but pretty fast still for Tom that's Brady. That's probably the fastest he's moved in a long time, though. Yeah, uh, according to <laughs> the next-gen stats, fastest for three years since 2016. Wow, wow. Um, and again, he didn't go down without a fight either. That game could have went another way. I mean, the Patriots did not lay down by any stretch, but... I don't think I, – I, I'm officially going to say it. I think the 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 king is just about dead, Yeah, that the reign might be over. It's I think it's it's getting close to that. Maybe this is the last run. Maybe he's got this in him, and uh, it's going to be hard to believe that he's going to do it for as long as I think he wants to. But gosh dang, uh, he, he's done plenty. I mean, he's done it for oh, a man. long All time. All right. Matt, I am going to say goodbye to you here. I'm going to be jumping on with the host from the winning team, between Seahawks at Rams, some major playoff implications in this Sunday night football game, and we'll get into all of that next. Rams not just playing spoiler here, they got a shot to get in the playoffs themselves. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com 
slash locked NFL. Again, that's using slash locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com slash offers. Joining me now is Brad Bear Motter. He is the host of Locked on Rams. So first of all, Brad, congratulations. That was uh, an exciting game. It was a wild week 14 in the NFL Sunday being capped off by a Rams victory over the Seahawks 28-12. Yeah, it was an amazing game. Brad, I feel like you're you're like the Deion Sanders of Locked on. You ball, you get the call. And <laughs> the Rams right. definitely balled out on Sunday night. And I'm just glad to be here and be able to talk to you about it. That's exactly what's happening right now. The Rams definitely balled from from jump. Well, Seattle went up three, and then it was 28-0 run from there. Be honest with me, though. How, and we'll get back into uh, what happened with the Rams amassing that lead, but how worried were you early in the third quarter after the Jared Goff interceptions? Because it felt like, of course, this is what the Seahawks do, right? And here they come. Yeah, I think that's any time that you have a lead on Russell Wilson, even in the second half, even in that fourth quarter, you start to get a little uneasy at points when you see the Rams offense that put up, you know, 21 points in that first half and then start to come back down to earth a little bit. And Jared Goff, the the interception that looked like the original one was, uh, you know, miscommunication with Robert Woods, not kind of running through that route. And the other one was more of a deep punt in a sense. Again, not good to see the turnovers, (laughs) uh, but when you get away with them against the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, uh, you got to think that something's going in your, in your favor. And that was the defense, really uh, a lot different than the first meeting against Russell Wilson. No touchdowns for him. We got to sack him finally, which is like one of the best feelings in the world for a defensive unit, it's got to imagine. Uh, but yeah, you're definitely nervous a little bit when they slow down a little bit. and You give Russell Wilson multiple opportunities, but the Rams uh, were able to get get it done again. So considering those two interceptions, and yeah, the, the wide receiver stopped running on the route on the first one. That was definitely not on Goff. He was getting hit in the face at the same time. Overall, a pretty good line. There was the arm punt, the second interception, but two other touchdown passes. There was one to Cooper Cup, one to Robert Woods. Really spread the ball around heavily to Higby, Woods, Cup, and then Todd Gurley uh, jumping out in uh, the pass game. Four catches, heavy on the ground as well. Usage for Todd Gurley, 23 carries. For 79 yards and a touchdown but I want to hear your thoughts just on overall how you thought Jared Goff was playing and it, he just seems to play a lot better in Los Angeles yeah you could tell right out the gate that he had he was a lot more comfortable those early throws that uh, deep one to Higby that set up that first touchdown where he pump faked out for the wide receiver screen something that the Rams have been doing a lot of and I'm sure that's something they're putting on doing a lot of their own self-scouting and putting that on film and then being able to kind of come back and use that against some of their opponents and uh, that throw was beautiful, and you could tell he stepped into it. And those type of things early, I think he was six of seven on that first drive or something close to that, uh, that his confidence was up, and he was kind of – he came to play. And that's the Jared Goff that we saw a lot of last year. And then spreading out the ball, you talked about it. Uh, we had three guys uh, go over for over 100 yards combined, whether that was on the ground or through the air, and that was Higby, Woods, and uh, Todd Gurley. So those guys being able to spread the ball out and work at different areas, and Todd Gurley getting three, 23 touches on the ground – really kind of opens things up. You saw, you saw them move Goff a lot. He did a lot of those um, kind of rollouts where he was coming out. And then he also didn't just sacrifice and go for that first receiver five yards down the field. He was going to that second receiver and really putting uh, something behind the ball and moving the football in big chunks. So those are the things that you look at as, as, as far as this season and seeing, wow, that is a big step up from three, four games ago. So if we can get him to play that way, 
uh, through the rest of the season, you start to get your hopes back up that the Rams really, uh, with a little bit of help from you know Vikings losing, but can get themselves back in the playoffs. Aside from that blowout against the Ravens, the Rams are playing some pretty good ball, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have given up 7, 7, and 12 points now in a 3 out of 4 games, aside from that, obviously, blowout where the Ravens put up 45 on uh, on the Rams. Um, overall, what's going on there? The pass rush looks good. Is Jalen Ramsey making a difference? Yeah, that is now the Rams' seventh game holding a team to 13 points or fewer. That leads the NFL. I think that blowout loss kind of really woke us up a little bit. You always talk about a team losing at the right point in the season to kind of you know, regather themselves. And I think that loss at home in front of a national audience was that loss for them. Uh, and the pass rush has been there. Like you mentioned, we got it from a bunch of guys. And anytime you can get to Russell Wilson, including I think they had three sacks in the fourth quarter. Those are huge. Uh, and yes, and really, if you're looking in the secondary, uh, some of the other guys are really impressing you. Taylor Rapp, who's also coming up and tackling uh, at the line of scrimmage and helping in the run game, as well as uh, Troy Hill on the other side. He continues. He's the one that put that interception to really end the game and the hopes for Russell Wilson. And he was more the impressive one uh, other than Jalen Ramsey, who has been targeted quite a bit in his last couple games. But uh, as a unit, man, these guys are, and Wade Phillips is putting these guys in good situations and taking advantage of those double teams on Aaron Donald. We saw a few where Aaron Donald's double teamed and Dante Fowler comes around free, able to get to the quarterback or the running back. So uh, they're just scheming really well right now. They're playing with uh, eat probably twice as much confidence as golf's got right now, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but this defense is playing really good football. And that is when you get to playoff football, that's what you need to lean on a little bit. And it's good for Rams fans to look and see our defense is one of those that you take into any game at any time and feel you have a chance to win a ball game. It's going to be a big few weeks for the Rams that are trying to play more than spoiler to their NFC West counterparts and get in themselves. Brad, thank you so much for joining me here and doing a quick five minutes on the big Rams win over the Seahawks. The Rams now improving to 8-5, and five, and the hope is still alive. Matt Williamson and I will be back Tuesday, breaking down Monday Night Football. We will look back into more detail with everything that went on in a wild weekend in the NFL. Look ahead, maybe some power rankings for NFL Coach of the Year that we teased last week. And, of course, uh, Twitter Tuesday or Twitter Thursday, probably more likely this week, Locked On NFL.